I always want to start these podcasts by sort of saying something really profound and interesting, but insert so profound, far, interesting comment here. So far, I don't think I've been able to think of anything. Well, we should ask our audience if you can think of something profound and interesting. We should say at yes, the beginning you, of each podcast. If you'd like us to read out something button. at the beginning of yeah. the show, uh, then yeah, leave leave profound, a comment. Interesting or really funny. <laughs> If, yes, not too rude because that's where we draw the line. Yeah. But if there is that's anything, the, really that's like, the other podcasts. That's what <laughs> <laughs> we are now. There is a that is an interesting kind of point as we're creating this this particular podcast. I didn't want to put any sort of explicit warnings or anything in it, which is why we're trying to curb languages as and when it comes up. Um, I've got very used to it because I stream on Twitch, and it, it, it it's just a thing. Uh, that you have to do, you have to kind of be a bit uh, more aware of. Um, but uh, it, it, the other ones, they are whatever we write. They're whatever we do, uh, which mm. is which means that they probably will be explicit and, you know, whatever language is there, is they're going to be there to support the plot and everything. Mm. Yeah, and trigger warnings as well, because they're, they're I, I personally think they're quite important. I'd rather see those. I think we've had this discussion before. I'd rather yeah. see everything. They're better to have them warning. on there than actually to cut out the stuff in the first place. That's, yeah. yeah um, as long, if sense. you've got trigger warnings on everything, then it means that you're not restricted as a creator. You're not restricted yeah. as a comedian, I think, as well. So mm. that people can then make informed decisions as to whether they're going to watch something yeah. or whether they're going to... Um, move on and, and try something else it, it avoids that cancel culture it's i think it's the answer to it mm. it's, it's just going right this could trigger you so it's your choice <laughs> you know but today uh, we're talking yes. about the technicalities of starting a podcast all the things that we're going to need to know uh as as this production ramps up uh, mm. we'll see you after this Welcome to Murdering a Podcast, two writers' journey to produce a narrative murder mystery. Well, this is this is your expertise, really, isn't it? It's, it's, it it's is. I was going to I was going to ask <laughs> when when you first had an idea to do a podcast, which would have been in twenty twenty, before yeah. Viral Murders. What were you expecting in terms of like the tech stuff? What were you expecting us to need? <laughs> Was it, was it like, uh, all right, one person in, I didn't in, a, even think that far ahead. in a, I in a room didn't. with a bar of soap and, and pretending to be a newsreader sort of thing? Is that, was that it? Yeah. yeah. It was It was just, you know, I think I said it to you because when, when I first approached you, you went, do you know what you're doing? I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> do I ever? I can learn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, usually when I start a project, I, you know, I haven't got a clue what I'm what I'm doing. I think somebody says this, it said this in business, you want to be the stupidest person in your boardroom. You want to be the stupid, you want to feel dumb compared to everybody else in your because business. Because you want to make sure you've hired enough people around the outside who really know what they're, they're doing. They really know exactly. their stuff, right? Yeah. 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 And, um, so that's the thing. So it's, it's when I go into a project, I'm like, well, I can learn. I can learn on, on sure. my feet and I can figure it out as long as I've got people around me who actually do know what they're doing. Uh, hence why I contacted you because I was like, ah, I know Steve knows about technical <laughs> geeky stuff and I'm going to contact him because he true. knows this stuff and thing, he's good yeah. at this stuff and I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. I um, almost didn't though. I mean, we both I started with like performance and, and, and oh. things. We both came from that sort of background. So the only reason I know about technical stuff is because I started playing guitar oh. and I only started playing guitar because nobody else would do it for me. <laughs> 
Because I was a singer. I sang and then I didn't have anybody. I, you can't sing on your own. People think no. you're a tit. So, well, I mean, yeah. You that can explain but the weird looks. Yeah. <laughs> so I picked up a guitar and that brought me into what well, guitars I need an amp with and an amp I'm going to need some other processor. Yeah, that's how it started. Long, See, long I, I, I started out fascinated with the tech stuff and yeah. then um, I wasn't allowed near it because I kept breaking it. And then, um, <laughs> but the, the idea, I mean, that is yeah. ultimately how, why I started a theatre company because I wanted to write and act yeah. and nobody else was going to do that for me. And I know how hard the industry is to break into. And I, I was like, this is, mm. this is the, the, the answer to a lot of things, isn't it? That, that I want to do X, Y or Z. Well, okay, go out and do X, Y and Z and yeah. do all the stuff around it that, that means that you can do X, Y and Z. And sometimes that'll push you in a different direction. But as long as you're happy with that in the end, then that's fine. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it, it's I've one of the things, again, a piece of advice that I got given. And this was when I was at, at university. They said, if you want to become an actor, you you have to learn how to run a theatre company. You have yeah. to re- learn how to you are a business. You have to learn business skills. You have to learn how to create your own work because nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. Um, and that stuck. That really stuck with me, and I took that and and kind of went, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. And like, um, which so is again, the motto getting... of my life. It's like, you know what? Sorry, I'll do it myself. Which, where, yeah, which leads us on to the podcasty bit again. And mm. so, so did you have any idea about what you wanted to achieve with the podcast, other than uh, we want to put voices on a on a thing, and these are the stories that we want to tell, or? Initially, it was I was bored in lockdown <laughs> and I knew that so I had a lot of actor friends yeah. and creative friends who were also bored in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had non-actor friends who were looking for things to listen to and to enjoy. And I thought, I'm just going to do this, keep myself occupied. And then I wrote it and then it was like, oh, OK, that's that's not bad. And then I got funding and then I was like, oh. Oh, well, now I actually have to take this seriously. Oh, bugger. And then (laughs) people expect stuff of me. Darn. Um, We did did have some conversations, again, this would have been in 2020 when we were trying to set up again, of how in God's name were we going to do this? Because we Mm. did it in the middle of COVID Mm. when we couldn't go and meet anybody. So what we're doing now may be completely different to the way that we were doing it before. I, I don't know yet. We haven't got to the point where, you know, we've made those decisions yet. It mm. would be nice to bring everybody <laughs> together into a studio for a day, but God knows where that money's going to come from. So it yeah. probably won't be that. It'll probably be people in their homes like we've been doing here, like we've been doing. But this program on its own, uh, we're recording on a thing called Riverside right now is mm-hmm. far beyond what we were, would have been able to do uh, on Clean Feed, which is the program that we yeah. used when we were doing um, Viral Murders, purely because uh, we've got video. Suddenly it's there. It's just it's just doing it, and it's doing it really well. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. So, and, and along with all of that was a lot of learning about what things were good and what things weren't, what what you know microphones were working well what things weren't um, which is where my my new microphone came in because it was it was ridiculous after we'd finished recording time. most of it as well yeah. that was and then, <laughs> then it was like oh I'll get, I'll get a new microphone now so the first thing that we had to do 
or we tried to do was to figure out how how everything was going to put together which mean we meant we we had to try and make sure that everybody had microphones mm-hmm. good quality microphones <laughs> we didn't manage that <laughs> no we failed miserably on that one but again, this is something that we couldn't suddenly go out and say, oh, well, we will buy microphones for everybody because they're not cheap. You know, they're, that would have eaten into the budget to such an extent that we wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to pay people. They would have got a I microphone just... out of it, but, you know, that's not good for everybody. Um, and we also have these... So right now we're recording in different rooms. We have different problems with those microphones. So when mm-hmm. I process this podcast what i do with this mic takes me about 10 minutes what i had to do with tash's mic last time uh when we first set this up and i'll have to do it again with this one because the position's moved it took about five hours because Mm. the position of the mic relative to the voice the amount of echo that's in the room i've got a few echo cancelling things but they're not brilliant they work a bit but they don't work perfectly it all means that you are um recording audio sometimes in the worst circumstances especially if you then add in a mic that isn't quite as good as it should be is maybe a bit too tinny or maybe doesn't record those those bassy bits the way that it, it should do that's i was going to say that's a really good point because we did have situations where we we had actors that didn't even have a computer at one point mm. um and they were trying to record off their phones and um didn't we had the it, yeah. hoover the hoover <laughs> <laughs> they would go one of our actors had a a, a a laptop where the hard drive or the fan in the in their laptop would just go halfway through dialogue yeah, yeah. um I, it was and, a nightmare that thing that was oh, really really bad bless him the actor was amazing he was great he he did such a good job and he knows who he is because he and i'm sure he's probably <laughs> listening to it um matt but, you but are again, amazing I mean, he did he those, dealt with it so professionally those the earbuds that he ended up using it just the the sound from those things were really good yeah he uh, again it was he he managed to creatively fix the problem he was you know very professional but i could tell he was getting a bit frustrated at times because it was holding up recording bless him but sure, he, he dealt sure, with it sure. and he he was so professional so good with it um yeah. you know we had one where the lead was clicking against the we didn't even know it? what it was because it took <laughs> such a long time to and we didn't hear it this is part of the problem when you're recording and and I can hear what Tash is saying right now. I can't hear what I'm saying. So if there's something mm. going wrong with my audio, I won't necessarily know. And Tash won't necessarily know if the audio feed to her is fine, but on the recording is something something else is going on. See, I, because- I have the opposite problem. is I can hear more than you in terms of what's coming through my mic. So... Um, my my mic feed you know this one with the blue yeti it feeds straight into my headphones yeah. so i can hear what i'm saying and i, I can, can hear what's I going can into my mind i can do mic. that with this because i've got a where is it there i've got a little headphone socket mm. uh, so i could do that with this but it it just i'm used to this it's fine you know yeah. i don't want to mess around with stuff and and <laughs> for something else to go completely wrong which you know it would do if you're not careful well the problem that i've got with mine is that i can hear everything that goes into the mic and quite a lot of the time it's not going onto the recording so there's me thinking you can hear the kids out there was a one point i could hear the kids outside and you're saying you can't and you won't know well, I, you well I either can't or i know that it's going to get gated out because any sound before we're getting probably a little bit too far down the line of how to do a podcast what one of the things that we're using the processes that we're using it's called gating which means that when 
we are not speaking, um, the the sound from your feed is cut out. And that means that if there is something going on in the background, especially with an open window or something like that, we are more likely to get a cleaner sound from mm. you. Now, you've got to be very careful with it because too much of it means that the audio clips, and we've had a few problems with that already. But this, this is why it takes such a long time to do. People, you can't just put a microphone well, I mean, you can, but if you want the best quality <laughs> sound that you're going to, you know, you can't just put a microphone in front of something and then that's it. You know, you've got, you've got to process it a little bit. You've got to bring as much of the character of the person out of in, in that uh, as possible. And it's something that's, that is involved in podcasting that actually people don't talk about an awful lot. Mm. Um, because a lot of the time people talk about the, the 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 process of of podcasting they don't necessarily talk about the uh technicalities of of doing it as well mm. and then when we come up to doing something which is narrative as well you really need a microphone that can capture uh not just the the the, the sound coming in but the performance coming in as yeah. well which is why we've used things like the blue yeti because uh, mm -hmm. the blue yeti is what's called a condenser microphone and it means that it does pick up everything that's around you it'll pick up all the room and and everything like that as well um and again if you've got a treated room that's fine it's it's better uh but if if you were to try and use a dynamic mic like that you could do it you could get a sound out of it but it would sound a bit too broadcasty in many cases mm. um so all of these things go into to sort of creating a um a podcast which is kind of all behind the scenes. You don't really think about it when you then sit down to, to read the podcast. And we went a stage further because we were doing a narrative podcast. And thanks to our wonderful editor, George, uh, we had whole soundscapes oh, for each amazing. scene. Talk about some of those soundscapes for a second. Well, oh, the hours that she put into yeah. creating these these yeah. these environments. Um, you know, there were times when I was listening back to it and I'd forget that it was an audio only. <laughs> and I'd go to click on it and be like, oh, I'm supposed to be watching something. Oh, no, no, this is just an audio. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she would re she really brought that to life. Because um, you never know when you're writing, and you'll understand this, any writer will understand this, you don't really know for sure how it's going <laughs> to be when you're done. You know, you have a rough idea. No, yeah, you've it's... got a rough idea, but you don't always know what's what other decisions are going to be made down the track, do you? Mm. You know, and um, and you, you can easily write a name right in a restaurant, and then the poor audio engineer goes, "Well, how the hell are we going to get a restaurant?" <laughs> and this was the other problem: how do you get a restaurant in, in the, the middle, middle of, of lockdown? <laughs> When restaurants are closed, how do you get that sound effect? That well, that's called wild track. Incidentally, is the sound of an a, a, an atmosphere that you just sort of leave somewhere and let record. That's um, that's called wild track. I remember there was one point I was wandering around a hospital like a wally with my phone recording things, yep. like step, footsteps down corridors because they sounded different and walking around outside, like getting different gravel things, opening and shutting my car and door. In there the is, car. Yeah, and there is only a certain <gasps> amount of processing that you can do to audio that makes it sound right. Mm. I mean, there's some really interesting things. If you look into uh, special effects studios and what they use to make uh, Foley. Okay, so Foley is the name for a an audio effect 
that is created. So if you wanted to create the snapping of somebody's bones, you would take a stick of celery, put it in front of a microphone, you'd snap the celery, and it's very close to the the sound. Or the foley that um, they did on Star Wars, for example, where uh, the of, of the um, uh, guns firing is somebody tapping the tensioned wire of a um, a power line. I didn't know that. It's, it's See, in my head, I was just imagining yeah. someone going, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, no, th- those sounds have got to come from somewhere. They're not generated from anything because, especially back in the 70s, there wasn't anything to generate them, you know. I'm in trouble. Was that, your, was that your cat going off? Yeah, that was fru- <laughs> that, that wasn't frustration. That was mother. What are you doing? <laughs> so when you were writing. A scene. Did you worry too much about putting a um, a stage direction in there, which would have needed audio at all, or just not think about it? Um, what I tend to do is I just I put in there what's needed. I don't, as the writer, I don't tend to worry about that too much because that can always be taken out. Sure, um, it can always be taken out of the script uh, if needed. So I tend to just go the way I the way I got taught with it is just write. And then mm. worry about the the taking out of things or the putting in of things um, when you do the editing. So as I was writing, I'd kind of just give myself a big or a little description, depending on the on the scene of of, of what was going on in, and where they were in the in the first early drafts. And then I'd go back and edit. And then I'd go, well, what sounds do I need in this? Now certain ones, when it's an important sound, because we're having because normally a lot of the clues that you give are, are quite visual. Um, Sure. When it comes to the murder mystery, so it might be, for example, the crime was committed by a right-handed person, and you see someone writing with the left hand, which tells you that's not the killer. You can't do that with a podcast, mm. so mm. Uh, you have to think of other ways of being able to give these clues uh, clues out. Um, and you know, it might be that the dropping of something is the clue to that this person dropped sure, sure. whatever item, and somebody else picked it up. So, you know, or it might be um, a clue that says this person has these skills because they're in this environment. I don't, I'm just kind of <laughs> using exa- I, yeah, random I, I, examples. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, of course. There might be sounds that are really integral to helping um, audiences figure out who the killer is or that are integral to, for the, the actual story or that, that element of the story. So those, yes, absolutely. I, I, I sort of made sure that they were put in. Um, right from the start but then more the sort of the general noises in terms of the environment it was less so worried about detail of it and just going this is a this scene and so that then the sound engineer can do whatever she does best yeah because I'm very much I think I've said this before I'm very much a believer in letting creative people create and you know when you've got a sound engineer their job is to be creative with sound. So you give them yeah. enough. We were kind of lucky because we did have sound. I, I've got some sound effects that I've been made over the years and picked up from places and stuff. And so we did have some of the stuff that we were able to go, oh, well, we've got this and we can do that. And But I, which helped because of, again, because of COVID. Because yeah. 
we wouldn't have been able to get those sounds otherwise. Where and it's simple stuff like a shopping precinct or something like that. It's or a street scene with lots of people around and there's nobody outside. You yeah. know that that's that's the sort of things that we need we needed help with, yeah. um, and luckily we're able to find them. That's it, and you know it's it's that that part that was part of the reason why that some of some of the directions were quite vague and some of them were more specific the more sure. specific ones are the this has to be in here we can't do without it and the vague ones are the well do your best <laughs> um, be creative <laughs> have a go um giving you enough to do to run with it but not so much as it restricts the the sound engineer yeah it's the same with acting yeah. directions as well when i'm when i'm writing things like i'm putting more acting directions in this particular one the one that I'm writing because they are important but it's kind of I tend to say to actors if there's an acting direction there it's important you have yeah. to say it that way you have to, to pay attention to it but the vast majority of the script will have zero acting directions and that's going to be down to the because I usually direct the my own writing anyway uh, yeah, or I have a that, director who's worked with me um, you see that, that, that was another part of the process that we were which we kind of muddled through at the uh, mm -hmm. as we were going so we were all on clean feed like it was which was which is a fantastic platform i should say it is a very very good platform really good. and if you don't want the video stuff or if you don't want to be constrained to uh, a certain amount of time because that's one of the things that riverside uh, we've we've bought a plan and we can record x amount of of material every month um but if you didn't want to be constrained like that, clean feed will just do the audio and it'll do it very well. And you can have mm. individual audio feeds on the pro version of it. So there's very good uh, things that you can do with that. But we were sat there as people would read stuff out. If something wasn't quite working, one or other of us would say, well, stop there, try it like this, let's go back like that. And in terms of doing that, because if you think about just writing the podcast, which is where we are with these ones right now, we're just writing at the moment. That's one stage. If you think about then taking that and then turning that into something that sounds right, that's a completely mm. different thing. And that's what if you're doing a narrative podcast and you need to be the writer and you need to be the director, those are the things that you really, really need to think about. That's really important. Absolutely. And the other thing as well, the, one of the things that we did as well is is allow actors to give themselves a little bit of direction and mm -hmm. chip in on that direction. And again, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm quite a big one for that one because actors, that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're restricting that creativity, that creative freedom as, from an actor, you're not going to get your best from your, yeah. from your, your cast. So, yeah. you know, if they turn around to me and go, actually, my character wouldn't say that. You kind of go, well, tell me what you think they would say. And then you work with them and you find something. They might say something. I go, mm, OK, well, I like the premise of that. Let's let's change it to that. Let's have a go. Let's try something else. And then people you, chip you in. You can keep in your mind the reason why people are saying lines in a particular way in a script. And sometimes it's going to be really important. And mm. especially with murder mystery stuff, some of the occasionally you'll get a line which doesn't read very well, but actually it's really vital for the plot that yeah. that is said in Poor a particular Dylan got way. all of them. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got all of the most complex and uh, it, it, I the, the the daggers sometimes. <laughs> trying to read these lines, and I'm like, "I love you, Dylan. I love you." <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's you're absolutely right. Yeah, sometimes the lines won't read easily, 
but mm. they are vital to be read exactly word for word. And yeah. I think, you know, there are a I mean, couple of lines. We've had that a couple that, of times in the edit for these scripts when we had, because we've read through yours and read through one of mine, and mm. occasionally something had come up and, and uh, one of us goes, oh, we could change it to this. And then that's because we don't know the context of the line at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, again, uh, it, yeah, it's important to well, pass that on. I think to to actors as well that look, there is more going on here than than just the the lines yeah. there. And it's 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 getting that balance between going right. The, this line has to be said this way, but the rest of the scene you can you can do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. You know, um, to within reason. Um, and you know. One of the best ways of editing as well is is read your lines out loud and read what you feel. When I read it, I'll oh, read completely. what I think it should say mm. and then I'll edit it to that. And I just... You know, one of the ways that I... In fact, the way that I write, because again, I, because I suppose it, I, so starting off as if from that performer's point of view, I every character I have, I find a voice for in my head and then read it out mm. like that as I'm writing because I, it... I don't know. It just feels better for me to for, to to do that. It, I think I get better rhythm for the characters by doing that, and it's mm. you know, yeah, absolutely. Gone um, off off piste again a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, because we were. We or maybe about we've how gone off half piste. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk. We talk. You know, we we were planning to talk about how we edit podcasts and, and yeah. how do we yeah. edit them, and I think this is quite relevant to it. Well, is, I mean, is, you know, and a big part of it is making. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes as we go, making the sure that that performances that you get are right in the first place. There's some things that you can fix in post. Bad, mm. really bad audio can't be fixed. Yeah. Sort of fairly good audio that has a few problems with it, you can do something with, but really bad audio you can't fix at all. Really yeah. bad performances you can't fix at all. No. So it's important to get both of those right as in the recording process. And sometimes it's a case of giving the the editor several versions mm. and then giving yeah. them notes and going, we want version three or choose between one and two. I'm happy with both of those. Yeah. And letting yeah. that editor. And I think this is this is where it's 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 vital that when you are creating a podcast, if you're not editing it yourself, you need an editor that you can trust. We were very lucky. We got an incredible editor. Yeah. <laughs> just hats off to George because she is just awesome um when i suggested her i thought she'd do a good job i didn't realize it would be quite as good as it i I mean it was just phenomenal she Um, literally she did a quick because we had little quick scenes that we would we would put out like little, little interview tapes and she did one we listened to it we gave her some feedback on what needed to change and then from that point on on point with every single one you only had to give her feedback once Mm. And she was on mm. point from that point. And, oh, just she cre- brought it to life with that editing. And again, the editors don't get enough credit because they can either make or break a script and yeah. make or break a performance. And their job is to make the actors and the writers look good. And and one of the things you don't see behind the scenes, which I, I, I know that George did, is timing. Oh yeah. Is that because there's there's some comedic elements in viral murders that if the timing was off it would absolutely die. Oh, yeah. I just I bought a an audio it's, it's not an audio book it's a BBC TV series a BBC radio series on Audible mm. the other a couple of weeks ago uh called Revolting People written by a guy called Andy Hamilton. 
Um, he, I love his stuff. He's fantastic. He wrote a series called Old Harry's Game where he plays the devil. He's really very, very <laughs> good. Great writing. Anyway, um, the I I heard it before when it was originally on um, on radio years and years ago and I thought oh I really like that and they've collected them all together so I'll buy this it's only a credit and started listening to it and I couldn't figure out why but it was just not making me laugh I just it didn't hit those moments and then I realized I slowed down audible Mm. because the previous book I was reading the narrator was going a bit fast and even though the space between those jokes was the same the fact that it was slower, the fact that the delivery was just slightly different, changed the way that I reacted to that thing. Yeah. And again, if you don't understand either the comedy or even the drama of it, because drama has beaten timing and, and, and everything to it as well, if you don't understand that and you're going into an edit, then you're not going to do a good edit and yeah. george has a fantastic sense of timing when it comes to oh, the jokes does. and things um, there were jokes that she found that i didn't even know were funny like, yeah. yeah 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 i just yeah. wrote it and then when he came out i was like oh i didn't realize that was funny <laughs> actually that's really good um, and, it, and in order to do that some of the things that she had to do was change the timing of the way that people were saying stuff yeah. So that's one of the, if you're thinking about doing something narratively, and this is something that I'm a little bit worried about with ours, especially with, with mine, because it's meant to be funny. If we screw that up, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of work to kind of get, try and, and, and get right again. Again, so, a lot of my comedy is quite subtle as well. It's, it's all in, it's, it's dry, cute, it's yeah. dry sarcasm and without good timing, none of the jokes It won't land. work, like, no. yeah, it won't none, work. Which is what I think made Viral Murder so funny was that as we're speaking it, the less we realised it was funny, the, the yeah, funnier the, it became the when, it, was, got, when yeah, it was put on. Yeah. And so with this new one, but, because yeah. the, I, I, we, we haven't really talked about it, will we use George again? Well, maybe if, you know, if we can't pay her to do it, which is be very unfair for us to kind of lay that all on on her again. So mm. what can we do instead? And and if you're thinking of doing a narrative podcast yourself, what could you do to make sure that you get that right? And how how might you go about it? Well, the, the first thing... I think is going to happen in these new ones is that we we won't have the level of um, of sound effects that we had on viral murders. Um, we, we were talking about sort of just set, literally enough to set up a scene and then vital yeah. sound effects for clues, and that's it. Literally. It's like eight, yeah, it's like a clock. Okay, you're in a room with a clock. That's as as yeah. much as we can do, and it's a very paired down way of doing it but i know it's what used to happen on uh bbc radio shows uh way back when and it worked so if we can kind of get that same feeling to it i'm hoping that that's going to do the same thing without us spending god knows how many hours for each episode when we need to produce that many episodes every mm. every year 12 episodes a year, a year it doesn't sound like much but it will be yeah <laughs> it's a lot of work and yeah, I mean, it's it's editing is such an important part of of creating any kind of podcast, whether it be a narrative one, whether it be funny, whether it be drama, whether it be horror, because any kind of entertainment like horror is purely timing. Like there's so much timing is so important in horror and scare and jumps or getting scares out of people and timing those scares and 
No, I watched. Um, we were talking about zombies in in one of the episodes about zombie films, and I watched one on on the worst zombie film I've ever seen, and I can't even remember the name. That is how terrible it was. Right, it was two stars, and I thought, fudge it, I'll watch it just because it's zombies, and. There was no actual tension. There was one scene of fake tension where he went into the house and you could hear the... And the music was... And I was like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. But I could feel the tension and nothing happened. And that was the only bit of tension in in a zombie film. In a zombie film, that was the one... And to the point where when they were chasing him, it wasn't even that dramatic. He fell over and the zombie stopped to give him time to get back up. And I'm like... Sometimes, though, watching old films like that, which are very bad, it was done this last couple of years. Oh, dear. It was one done filmed in lockdown by a group of friends. Oh, yeah. Because it was lockdown. And so they'd go out and film in the empty streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of filmmakers took advantage of it when they were living in, you know, it yeah, was part of yeah, their the bubble. right area. Yeah, of course. Um, oh God, if you'd gone filming in London at the time, that would have been oh. that footage would be incredibly valuable, you know. But mm. um, I know a few people who, who kind of took their got got permission and took their drones over like big cities and stuff, sure, and sure. went out with cameras just to film the empty streets, just so that they had that that footage they could use. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. That's, um, I, know, I I I. I mean, I've mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of current zombie uh, <laughs> uh, culture, uh, but I do love zombie films from the sort of 70s and 80s. And, you know, big fan of the Romero films and everything. Uh, if you want to watch one that is fun, Return of the Living Dead is yeah. is brilliant. Uh, it's silly and facile, but it's absolutely brilliant. Is that the one where does the, the breakdance and the, the um, other Michael Jackson thing with the zombie getting electrocuted? That that's the one with the dead body that is mostly gone, and it's the first time ever in in movie history where uh, the idea of zombies eating brains comes from. Oh, um, it's uh, and you'll you'll know the scene if you've seen the film. It's. Uh, they I've ask him, "Why do you do this?" and and, and they says something like, "I want to eat brains," you know, because it because it hurts them not to. That's why. That's. that's the, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to rewatch that because I've I've forgotten. Yeah, I just remember the one with good. the Michael Jackson doing the thing when he got electrocuted. The, the Michael Jackson zombie. In one I of the, the, I, the I, dead series, I can't remember. I've which one seen it, was. it, but I can't remember which mm. one it was. But that was a long time ago. Wasn't if you can it? remember That's... which one it was, please put it in the yeah, comments. yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Um, so, our... and then I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, so our um, our uh, podcast, uh, the way that we're doing our podcast now, are going to change a bit, and we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what equipment we're going to use and what equipment mm. we think other people could use. The Blue Yeti, I think, is a very good idea if you're yeah. if you're getting into doing that. But you have to be aware that you're going to be in, uh, you you know, you make yourself sound better by doing that. And a great way to do that is to cover yourself over with a duvet. <laughs> Because a duvet will help to uh, absorb some some of the sound. If you don't want to do that, go into I know. <laughs> <laughs> One of our actors, Demelza, bless her heart, she had to have this big duvet over her head the entire time. She, and entire she'd come time. out and she'd look like a beetroot, and yeah. I was like, oh, you poor sweetheart. On some some very hot days as well, because yeah. we were yeah recording in um, summer. Recording in the summer. <laughs> um, the other thing you could do is go into a wardrobe. 
That's what a so does. Clothes are very good again at absorbing sound. So if you stick your microphone in the in the the, the middle of some clothes um, and and sort of get into the wardrobe with the clothes, um, then the sound that you're going to get is going to be more uh, professional. It's going to have less reflections in it. It's going to it's going to sound better. Ultimately. See now, I'm just imagining my my microphone in a penguin suit. <laughs> not an actual, not look dressed as a penguin, but you know, like a certain tie I, and a bow tie, yeah. like actually dressed up to go out. I, now dress. I'm imagining your microphone dressed as a penguin. In terms of, of microphones, we've mentioned the Blue Yeti. There's a thing called a Samson QU2, which is a dynamic microphone. Now, usually you'd want to go with something that is is a con condenser, really, rather than dynamic. But if you're in an untreated room and you don't have a choice, that's where you've got to record, then a dynamic microphone is going to help you a little bit by cutting out some of the sound uh, around it. So those are really good things to have. There is a product uh, from a company called Zoom, called Zoom HN1, and it's a small little recorder uh, that you can carry Why around with you. Why does it not shock me that you have one? Of course I have one. I don't I don't <laughs> recommend stuff if I haven't got one. Is that one. got a little round thing? Well, can I see that again? It's, yeah, great audio content. It looks content, like a this. proper... It's, it looks like a proper spy thing. It's got it's, the round... It's, <laughs> it's got two microphones on top. This is really good if you want to take it out into the field as a field recorder and put it somewhere, like if you're going to a cafe and you want to record the cafe sounds and press the button and just leave it going and it gives you a really good quality sound effect from that mm. and previously we, you would use a mini disc and a microphone well those are this is so much easier to carry around than, mm. than something like that um it, it's well worth well worth doing um a lot of people will be com will be going straight into their computers so a usb Microphone is a, is a good idea. Yeti will do that. They, they sure will do that. Uh, if you can't do that for whatever reason, maybe you need to go into a room and you're recording with four people. There's another thing called a Zoom H6, which I've got sat over there, which I can't see on the video and I can't tell you about on the podcast, uh, which <laughs> lets you input four microphones into one recorder. And again, really, really good quality recordings that you're going to get out of them. So that's what you need to think about if you're going to uh, sort of need the equipment that you're going to need to uh, to get a, a podcast. And before we end today, because we are coming up to that point, I really wanted to talk about stuff that we've already done that we're either not going to do again or we've said, well, we must do that again. What have we learned so far? What are the things that we're absolutely desperate to not make in terms of mistakes again? Well, the first thing I've learned is my two cats are attention whores. There and is they that. want to be famous. <laughs> um, it is getting rather late. We've been get, going yeah. um, quite well. But generally, I'd say <sighs> planning is, is, is going to be is, is, is the biggest, biggest thing and, and making sure we know how long it's going to actually take. I think we massively underestimated how long it would take to get these edited and then as we and were going because right. yeah. when it was originally done it was 40 minute episodes and we were going to release them every week 
Um, and then we kind of realized, oh, well, hold on, it's going to take a month to edit, to edit 40 minutes. So we then went yeah. 20 minutes every two weeks and broke the episodes up. Mm-hmm. Um, Which worked quite well, actually, as a, as a format. Mm. I thought it, it was... It, it was worked right, nice. and and it gave us more. It gave us twice as much stuff to put out, which wasn't bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that would be the biggest thing: is is don't underestimate how long it's going to take to edit. I mean, that that's mm. the biggest thing I learned. Um, and when you're recording podcasts as an actor, um, I thought it would be more like film in terms of the voice work. Right. And as we've right. discussed on, I think, I don't know whether it was on the last, last one of the episodes that we've put out, but I know I we've know. discussed we've how one episode, I am So we, we, we may have yeah. said something that isn't actually in a, an episode am, anywhere, but yeah. I am terrible as a film actor. So I can do voice, I can do, you know, I can do the big exaggerated stuff, but the subtle things, not so much. I'm not a subtle person. So um, for me, realising that actually voice acting, when it's just your voice... Um, is still quite. It's, it's a very similar skill to to, to theatre acting because you still have to put you, you you've sure. got you've got to exaggerate it a little bit more than you would do mm. um, on camera because you don't have your facial. It's, it's more like mask work. It's it's like mask work. Yes, I think, I think yeah, I think it. you're probably right. Actually, it is. Um, and the the it's it's. I suppose it's like okay. So if you're doing film acting. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you've got all of the elements there, people are going to see it. People are going to see all of those elements. Mm. What you don't realise when you listen to people is that suddenly you can hear when they're smiling. Yes. You can hear if they're frowning. You can hear not just the facial expressions that they're making, but some of their body expressions as well. They're, they are, it changes the way internally that you're, you, you know, if you're... Um, uh, gesturing towards somebody it can change the shape of your chest so that it will you know the air comes out in a different way and and that gets you wouldn't think about it but that as a in terms of performance gets passed on through the microphone so having you sort of knowing that means that you can i suppose get out from behind the mic a little bit um and gesticulate a bit yeah. To, so that you can you can build your performance up, up like like that. Well, if you could, what if we could have seen the video? I mean, I wish we had the videos of recording what we were doing with all the actors in, involved because you could see that going on as we were recording, and you've got people got emoting and sort of sitting there. I'm so evil, and we're like doing all of the yeah. hand gestures and face gestures. And and if you're watching a video of this, you'll see the face gestures I'm doing, and you can hear it. Join us um, on Patreon, folks. Yes, join us on Patreon <laughs> if you want to see me gurning. But yeah, it, you know, at the moment I'm smiling, and you can probably hear that. But when I do that, you can. I'm frowning now. Yeah, and you can yeah. hear and that it the does, voice. It does make a difference changes. in the voice. Yeah, um, and actually, that's something that's difficult. Is it's not just understanding that that happens but if you're sitting there listening to people's performance mm. uh it's to make sure that what they're doing is going to match the performance that you you want to get out of it in the final edit as well so if you're if you're there as a director that's just as important to understand and it's like basil in bolognese this is the best analogy that i've got basil in okay. bolognese if you put it in you, and you do it right you don't notice it's there but if it's not there yeah. you know it's missing yeah, and yeah, that's, that's what the facial expressions do when you're doing audible work. Is 
you know, if if it's not there, you'll you'll hear it immediately. Yeah. But if it's there, you won't hear it. You won't sure. hear the difference because it will sound right. So yeah. it, that's what I mean by basil in bolognese. If it's done right, you don't taste the basil, but you know when it's not there. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And actually, there's a, probably an awful lot to talk about like this. But uh, I think that's probably going to be My it. My cat is destroying this. the house. Oh, dear. <laughs> the background. You just said thud. <laughs> You'll probably hear crash in the... Oh, if you hear about a great big fire in Stoke-on-Trent, then that'll be Tash's cat. Oh my god. Um, we've had so many problems with a pussy during recording. It's oh my um, god, yes. unbelievable. Uh, but yeah. that's probably about it for this particular uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm uh, just looking over and she's just she's doing that on the thing that's just falling not, all not over. Not very the... audible. <laughs> <laughs> you may not be able to hear it, but I can see what she's doing. She's just emptied an entire box all over the floor. <laughs> Yeah. These are the things we have to deal with on a regular basis. We've had whole meetings where half of it is, is Tash dealing with her cats. Um, yeah. Or going for wheeze. Tell us what uh, what you would like to hear more of. Uh, if if people just push, 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 they're getting everywhere. If people just put again. cats, then that's just being silly. We, we, mm. we know this. Uh, tell us about any podcast that you want to create. If you want to create a narrative podcast, what is it? Or if you're doing it already, what is it? Where can we find it? Let us know. Yeah. Um, but until next time, thanks ever so much for coming along. It's been lovely. Come and join us, murderingapodcast.com. We've got merch, we've got Patreon, we've got all sorts of things there. And until yeah. next time, we'll see you We'll see you in the, in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Murdering a Podcast. And if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast, the Mystery Lounge, or anything mentioned in the show, please head over to murderingapodcast.com. The music was The Secret of Tiki Island by Kevin MacLeod, and the producer was Steve Meller. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>